I'm about to, I was about to roll. From the Brooklyn Paper Building in beautiful downtown Brooklyn, this is Brooklyn Paper Radio. I'm your host, Vince Demas. So we have a little technical difficulties. Tone. A little bit of technical difficulties, but we're back. We're, we are back. We're here. Oh, we're back. It feels so good to be leaning into this microphone. It's been so weeks. long. For two weeks, right? Yeah. I well, what happened was, talk. were you away? Or were you? I might have been away. You were at an airport. I was in an airport? Or making a newspaper about an airport, maybe? Oh, airport voice. Of course. I Wait. was away. You were away. Yeah, just And the week the before river. that, some, the last time we did the show, Bill Harris was on. Yes, yes, he was. Amazing wow. show. It seems like years ago. And since then, the New York Post published an article about a neighborhood called Borum Heights, so the whole neighborhood debate has been solved. There you go. Well, thank you. Now, Borum Heights. Let's thank the New York Post thank for you that. To let's the thank New the New York Post. Post. Listen, we have a great show. I love to talk about last week's show, but we got a great show today because joining us in just a few minutes, few minutes. Very she's exciting. A, she's in the green room now. She's getting ready. Yes, that's Andrea. I gotta be, I gotta say it right. Not Andrea. Nope. Because where I grew up, uh, there was an Andrea next door. Andrea Andrea Rirasich. Was that on Tabor Court? No. No, that no, no. That was no. That was Ray Street. Oh, that was on Ray. That was on Ray Street. That was a uh, you know, uh, Rirasich, not surprising. Well, not surprising for me was the tough name for me to pronounce. But now today the tough name is Andrea. Andrea. But I'm gonna do it. Well, it's, remember Ray Street, Andrea. That's a good idea. You know, I could work with that. Well, she told me before the show to think of Andre, and that was the smartest move she made because now I will get it right because I'm thinking of Andre. But when I say Andre, I'm thinking of Andre the Giant, which which is what happens if you saw the thing on HBO. Yeah. You saw the HBO special? I've seen um, The Princess Bride. That's excellent. Which, which is basically the HBO special, that's, I'm assuming. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So it's Andrea Parker is the uh, executive director of the Gowanus Canal Conservancy. They're doing everything to make the Gowanus Canal great again. Yeah, and, and as it should be, you know, it's been a long time coming for a great canal. But there's so much happening in Gowanus both in and out of the water, so it couldn't be a better time to come back on the radio with um, a guest such as Andrea. Yeah, we're going to talk about some things that happened within the last few days when they're dredging and cleaning up and, and what they're finding under there. We'll get into that. Uh, totally. And no. the announcement today about the plan to rezone it, which has been under, under you know, in the works for a while. Wait, they're Sorry. going to rezone the Gowanus Canal? Well, they're going to rezone the neighborhood surrounding the Oh, canal. not the canal itself. I think the canal will still stay a canal. That will be water? Although, who knows? Or whatever that water Some is made of. Some developer might build a, a casino-style boat along it. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, it's New York. No, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get into that. So she's gonna be joining us in a second. But I just want to know how you're doing. You went to wait. You went to like where'd you go? Italy, Rome, uh, Florence. I went to the other Italy, Ireland. Ah, the and Irish Italy. I say that because it. I'm half Italian, half Irish. Uh -huh. So it really is the other other Italy to me. Um, which now was this beautiful. Is a family vacation. It was a family vacation. My mother, my father. Hello, if you're listening. My two siblings, their significant others, my boyfriend, and his parents. So a tensome packed into a van roving around the Irish countryside. Who was driving? A wonderful man named Kean. Oh, so Kean, you hired somebody. We hired a driver because see, we'd be on a longer hiatus. Whenever I go on a family vacation, my dad drives, no matter what. My dad wanted to drive. Yeah, and they, wanna, and they take you up hills and yeah. stuff like oh, that yeah. and vans, and there's like very, like, very small roads yeah. and one way you know roads that here would be two way but or one way but they're two way somehow over there and they fit the we were in a mercedes sprinter oh those are nice yeah it was very nice 
but um, that ta- my hat is tipped to Kean for getting us. Now, back did you in tip him piece. every time he got off the bus, or just at the last? We time? tipped him at the end. I asked my dad when he was loading the bags at the airport. I, you know, passed him a five euro bill. I thought I'd splurge on the tip, and he was like, "No, no, no, no!" At the end, and so that was the end of that. Okay, I that's didn't, good. I don't think he wanted to seem like you know we were throwing money at every. Turn. Don't have to, you don't have to tell you twice. To yeah, only I'll tip keep my money. Right. I lost my credit card twenty minutes later, so it was a great <laughs> trip. Um, I'm glad I held on to that five euro. And the highlight? What's the the highlight? This is what I do with my kid when I ask him. How was school today? You don't ask him how was school today. I ask him, what's the most interesting thing that happened at school today? And he'll always come up with something. What's your highlight? Give me one highlight. The most interesting thing, I've shared this with you, but I'm going to share it with readers. Um, The scenery was great. The food was good. The beer was beer. But what I took away from um, was a new appreciation for what we do here at the Brooklyn Paper because – in Brooklyn, we have a population of you know just shy of three million people, almost almost the size of Chicago, almost and soon to be more than. We're and getting there. In Ireland, the entire country has a population of around three million people, almost so, the size of Chicago, almost soon to be smaller. Well, I don't care about Ireland and Chicago, who's bigger, but the point being, but the Irish do. Well, of course they do. They mm-hmm. can't. They they don't have much to kind of boast as as worthy, but. We what we the, the, we cater to the same size audience as an entire country's you know news operation, and I left feeling very proud of the work that we do on the air and in the pages and online, you know here at the paper. So they do a bad job there. I think they do a fine job, <laughs> but they have whole teams as you know companies, multiple. Com- we're the Brooklyn paper. We're you know. That's Hard it. Working staff. Basically, the only place to go to for news in Brooklyn at this point. Everyone, yeah, we've got two Julianne's, two Bills, you know, and that's about it. And we yeah. Put, you know, and they're doing a hell of a job. They're doing the work of twelve of those people. Yeah, twelve Julianne's and twelve Bills. But that was great. Um, also, you know, the Guinness there. I I don't think I've ever drank Guinness here. They say it's better there. I'm gonna say it's better there uh-huh. only because I've never had it here. Is it, it warm? I didn't have it warm. It was really velvety, a little sweet. Um, so when they serve it, does it come out chilled or does it come out? Um, it comes out probably room, I would guess, room temperature. Yeah, because that's what I've heard. Chilled, yeah. I mean, I only had it poured from a pint. Um, it was never warm to the point of not being drinkable. Mm-hmm. But it certainly wasn't like, you know, sweat dripping from the glass, as you might see in other beer advertisements. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm not a big Guinness fan, but I, I, I try it every now and then. And yeah. I think here in America they do serve it cold, but I've been told it's supposed to be served warm. And the same thing with Bass Ale, which you can't find anywhere anymore for some reason. Bass, yeah, I haven't that's seen it. It's a huge fan, but that, that's English. That's not, uh, that's not Irish. Right? And I the number one imported German beer is Beck's. At least that's what the commercial used to say. That's what they used to say on a commercial. I, I think they, made, they thought people think it was Heineken, but Heineken is like Belgian or something like that. Yeah, Heineken. Well, no. Where's Heineken from? I think Heine- there was a big Heineken building in it's Dublin. Dutch? Yeah. See, that, that's Andrea. Hey, we she's got Mike's here. in the green room. Yeah. <laughs> she's made her way in. She's um, made her way yeah, in. She's barged in. Yeah. But uh, before we go, I, want, I, you know, I feel like I should throw the mic over to you yeah. and you know, find out what you've been up to. I mean, around here, I noticed the most exciting thing was they installed a new lock on the men's room. Very exciting. Which... Is you know welcome to the twenty first century. That lock, the lock that they had was old school, and now we have a new school lock with lights and yeah and, beeps, and beeps and blips. It's really great. No, it is. It's, it's changed. It scares the pee right out of you. It changed the way I go to the bathroom. It certainly has. <laughs> it's, it's really exciting. But I had listen. I you know, 
This weekend, you know, my wife uh, works at the Post now. Yeah, the Post, you know, that's probably how the Borum Heights thing came about. The New York Post. My wife works at the Post. Johnny, jump in at any time. Works at the New York Post now, and every once in a while she works a Sunday. So a couple weeks ago, we decided, oh, we'll drive her into work on Sunday because there's very little traffic on Sunday. Nice day for And guess drive. what? I don't know if you know this. In New York City? Traffic you, on a Sunday? No, you could park on, on the sides of the roads. It's, oh, yeah. It's free. It's wonderful. Yeah, everything's free. So, you know. And I said to my wife, oh, we'll drive you. We'll park, and then me and my son will walk around. And we'll have like greatest day ever in the city. Yeah, you know, and may- maybe we'll be around when you get off, or maybe we'll take the ferry back home to to where do I live? Staten Island. Staten Island. So that's what that's what we did a couple weeks ago. Now this Sunday we did it, and they were having this um, crazy, uh, I guess Israel Day uh, 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 parade. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so there was no parking to be had anywhere. Right on Sixth Avenue, or yeah. where the office is. Yeah, twelve eleven. No parking to be had anywhere. So now I got to take my son, and he's hungry. We got to eat. So we decided there's this German place, like on Third Avenue, like a like a, a brew house, brown yeah. house, whatever. It's fantastic. We go there. There's no parking over there, right? So now I say, oh, I know this great sandwich shop in Queens called Dutch Kills. I'll take you there. Oh, you want a yeah. sandwich? And the kid's like, yeah, I really want a sandwich. He's 10. 11? 11? He's 11. He sounds about right. Something he's graduating like from fifth grade in two weeks. He was born in 2007, so it would make him 11 now. Yes, that yeah. would be 11. So he's 11. So he's like, oh, uh, yeah, love a sandwich. Let's go get a sandwich. We go to uh, Dutch Kills, mm-hmm. uh, closed for a party, right? Then he's like, I'm like, oh, I could take you to Paulie G's in Greenpoint. Oh, my God. You haven't been there. You'll love Paulie G's. We get to pull, and it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. at this point. Paulie G's is closed. I'm like, what's going on, right? Jeez. So then I'm like, all right, this is Australian place on like Kent Avenue or something like that. I said, we'll go there. We head to the Australian place, and I like get lost. I can't find the Australian place. Next thing I know, I'm on the highway. It was like that movie Quick Change with Bill Murray. I haven't seen it, Flowers but it sounds for the like dead. it. Flowers for the Dead. Sure. So I get, we get, finally we get back on the highway. I'm like, all right, you know what? There's this place in Red Hook called the Crab, Red Hook Crab Shack or something Brooklyn like that. Brooklyn Crab? Is it Brooklyn Crab? The, the sort of three-tiered yeah. place that has I said, games. Yeah, and I always want to go there. Yeah. Always want to go there. It looks nice, right? I want to go there. And um, so I said, let's go there. So we drive. Well, there's a Brooklyn Lobster Pound. That was the see. We were gonna go there, Mm-mm. but then I was like, no, I wanted to go to the other place because it's like outdoor, indoor yeah, like games yeah. and stuff. Game, looks like yeah. fun. He's uh, remind you, he's an eleven year old kid. Yeah, loves you know, games. Something fun, right? So we get there, and uh, he's like, there's indoor and outdoor. My son never wants to eat outdoors. He's like, you know, Dad, I think we'll eat outside. I'm like, all right. So we eat outside. We get outside, and like the second we get outside, the sun goes away, and all of a sudden, and it got like thirty degrees colder. And it's June. Oh, my God. Right? So we're sitting there shivering. You wish they had one of those heat things? Yeah. The, yeah. And we ordered. So we got the shrimp we got a shrimp cocktail. We split the shrimp cocktail. Right? And then uh, he was going to order the salmon. Okay. So I say to him, you know what? Don't get the salmon. It seems to have like a spicy sauce on it. Get the, uh, get the, the fish and chips. Sure. What do you call it? So he gets the Classic. fish. So he, he's, he So now he listens to me. He gets the fish and chips. After about 20 minutes of waiting for the food, which didn't come, we decide, look, we got to go upstairs because this is crazy. We're freezing. It got death. too cold. No, it yeah. was too cold. So they were very nice to us. They put us upstairs. We get upstairs. He gets the cod. It was, you know, you know cod, you know, fried cod. Yeah. And he starts eating it. And he's like, and he just looks at me. I can see the look on his face. He's like, Dad, this is disgusting. He's like, I can't eat it. I says, well, eat your fries. So he ate his fries, right? He's like, all right, look, I got to make it up for you. So far, because now it's, it's been like four, like this story I'm telling you, it's like four hours of You've gone You've been by. to all 
five. Oh no, you didn't go to the Bronx. You've been to four. I should have went to the Bronx at this point. So I was like, I got to make it up to him. I got to make it up to him because I remember this one time uh, when I was a kid. Patty Rassiope was watching us. He took us to a hot dog stand. The hot dogs were so bad, he was like, I got to make it up to you guys. We're going to go to Nathan's. And he took us to Nathan's. You know, and When like, all else fails. Right. And it was the greatest, because the, it, we'd already eaten the hot dogs, even though they're bad. We ate them. Sure. So we went to, hot, we went to Nathan's again, just to get better hot dogs. Just to wash down the taste of the of bad hot dogs. the bad hot, hot dogs. dogs. Right. Of so, course. Listen, long, I'm going to make a long story endless. I'm so excited. I say there. to him, let's go to... Uh, to pharmacy i'll get you an ice cream sundae right and he's like you know what that that would make up for everything he goes he goes not that everything's so bad you know it's not as bad as you think sure but i would love a sundae so we go to pharmacy and i love pharmacies it's a 20 minute wait so now i gotta walk around for 20 minutes no problem we finally get a seat at pharmacy we sit down and we order our food and we order he orders some kind of it's like a 15 dollar sundae right i mean and i ordered the base is there lobster on it no, no lobster on the Sunday, but, but it might as well have been. Right. I order the basic, right? He orders a chocolate Sunday. I get my chocolate Sunday. He's got his with, with brownies and all this other garbage in it. And um, we order it, and then we're waiting. And, we're, and we get into places packed, and we're waiting. And we're waiting. And like literally 45 minutes go by, and we still haven't got And I see the guy's working. He's making There's only one the guy. Cows. There's only one guy making yeah. Sundays. He's working. So finally, the waitress comes out to me. She's like, I'm really sorry. But they uh, they lost the ticket, so we, you know. But so get out. I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, we're we're going to make it for you now. I'm like, all right. I, I hope so. <laughs> you know, because now we're thank like you sal- for letting me know. We're salivating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all these people are eating ice cream around us. It's like time for dinner. So now the guy makes the Sunday, makes me my Sunday, brings out my son's Sunday, and it's vanilla. Oh my! God. And he ordered chocolate. And I'm like, he, I just looked at the guy. I'm like, you ordered chocolate. I'm like, Vince, you want vanilla? He's like, uh, no, I'd rather have chocolate. <laughs> so then the people next to us get a free Sunday because they're not going to throw it out. This is a fifteen dollars oh, Sunday. Oh they're like, oh, God. we'll give these guys the free Sunday. So the people next to us get a free Sunday. My son's sitting there now. What am I going to do? I got a Sunday. I can't just sit, like wait for him to get his Sunday or my Sunday. Will, right, you'll, will, yours will become now. a shake. Yeah, right, right. So what happens? I got to sit there and eat my Sunday. Now the waitress comes back to me. She's like, look, I just want you to know we're going to comp his Sunday. But and I said, I'm like, thank you. very." That's I, I, very I kind. appreciate that. I very much appreciate that. So I, uh, finally, he gets his Sunday. I'm long done with mine. He gets his Sunday, right? And now he's got to eat his Sunday. Whatever we sit there. It's going to take him 20 minutes to eat this Sunday. It's gigantic. I told him, you don't have to eat the whole thing. He's like, no problem. So um, finally, we're all done. Get the bill. They didn't comp anything. Oh, my God. Nothing. I mean. The thing, whole thing is there. It's like $30. Yeah, that's like, that so, is a cherry on so you top of a melted Sunday. Exactly. Exactly. So you know what I do? You want to know what cherry on top is? What's the heck? No tip. Oh. Just like my driver. There you go. That's that how we him. bring it all around. Yeah. That's how we bring it all around. Which brings us to the most important point of the day. We're, we're here with uh, Andrea. Like Ray Street. There you go. Uh, Parker from the Gowanus Canal Conservancy. And the reason why she's here today is because, was it yesterday, the day before? Yesterday. Well, you know, everybody knows the Gowanus Canal Conservancy. They're doing everything uh, to keep and, and make sure the Gowanus Canal is as great as it, as it possibly can be. Now, 
This goes back how many how many years conservancy you been around? You could tell us. Uh, we've been around eleven years. Eleven years you've been around now. So I p- kind of predate you because I've been covering the Gowanus Canal since nineteen ninety six. That's when I started at the Brooklyn Paper as a strapping young reporter. Um, and back then, Jimmy over there. Back then, back then, I used to talk to Buddy Scotto. You know Buddy Scotto? Oh yeah. Right. So Buddy Scotto, back then, was probably in his seventies. Right, because now, I mean, I think his his mother lived to be 130, but Whoa. Buddy Scotto of Scotto Funeral Homes and in, in Cow Guns back then pitched this idea. Like I, I went to the funeral home for some reason, and they have pictures of Buddy in the village voice and Buddy Scotto taking back Brooklyn one block at a time, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And um, he uh, he had this idea to turn the Gowanus Canal into like like. Well, he he wouldn't say Venice, but he would say Austin. Is it Austin? San Antonio. San Antonio, Texas. He was like, it could be just clearly. Like, he still talks about heard it. the idea. Yeah, <laughs> he could, it could be just like San Antonio, it's Texas. Him alive. Now, the only thing I knew about the Gowanus Canal at that point was what I saw in uh, obviously the movie, the great movie Lavender Lake, mm. um, and of course um, the movie Heaven Help Us, the H with Andrew McCarthy. You ever see it? Mm-hmm. You got to see Heaven Help Us because there's some great Gowanus Canal scenes. All right. And have it helps. So what happens is he parks his car on the drawbridge, the Carroll Street Bridge. And actually, the guy working the drawbridge at the time was Larry Bud Melman from. Uh, see, this goes back it's from Letterman, the guy from Letterman. Uh, you'd have to, you got to look it up. He's working it. So the boat comes. They open up the thing. His car is on it. The, the, the little he's a teenager, you know, in his car. It's Kevin Dillon was the was the oh guy who played the character whose car fell into the Gowanus Canal. So, all right. So there's a lot. To, I mean, there's a lot to digest here, right? There's a lot to digest, and I think I'm, I've gone on a couple of tangents. So, Tony, I want you to you do the introductions. You take it from there. Well, I, like Vince said, there's so much to talk about. You know, we invited Andrea here because yesterday the EPA revealed a ton of buried treasures that they plucked from the muck of the canal. But as with most news, the story shifted over the last 24 hours. And, you know, on top of talking about what they found, um, because I know a lot of people are wondering if it's the remains of the Maryland 400 or Sludgy or... Sludgy the, the Whale? The uh, E.J. Trump, Trump sign. I'm thinking more in lines of what's inside uh, Al Capone's vault. Mm-hmm. Or that. That's what I'm thinking about. Um, you know, the city today put forth its plan for what Gowanus may be, you know, maybe the new San Antonio. I don't know. But it's planned to rezone the neighborhood, not just the canal or the buildings along it, um, you know, for the next generation. And I think it's now is the time to let Andrea kind of jump into that. And as, you know, literally the boots on the ground over there, give us what the reaction is, you know, over the past, you know, what are the rumblings since that came out this morning? And then, you know, we can dial it back into what goodies you got to see yesterday. Ooh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so welcome to the show, and I'll let, let it go from there. Great. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, I love that you started with a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> Just ease right into it, Tom. Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll soften it by saying it's only been a few hours. None of us have had the time to really process what this very ambitious plan might mean. But initial reactions, maybe not official, but initial reactions. These are not my official reactions. These are my initial reactions. There you go. Um, It's 
I mean, it's a Herculean task to come up with a plan that satisfies the very diverse priorities in the neighborhood. Um, there's really strong advocates on every side, from affordable housing to industry to artists to historic preservation. Um, and a lot of people don't want to see density as well. Um, so I think from what I've seen so far, and I again, I have not read through each page, um, I think we're in a pretty good place, actually. I think city planning has done a good job of trying to at least amass all of those priorities in one document, and um, I think we're in a, in a good position to move forward. The couple things that I worry most about are combined sewage overflow, which mm -hmm. is the amount of raw sewage that regularly flows into the Gowanus Canal from the neighborhoods around, um, and making sure there's um, going to be really good restrictions and priorities and incentives for new buildings to manage their own sewage, um, as well as providing really vibrant and accessible public space for the neighborhood that really reflects the character of our neighborhood as well as improves the ecological performance. Mm. Now, when you say people are worried about density, can you kind of break that down? You know, I know we don't have visuals, although Jimmy might be able to put up a map or something um, or a rendering, but it, it, tell, tell us what, you know, density people are comfortable with and maybe what they're, you know, what they're worried about. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I think it really depends on who you're talking to sure. in the neighborhood. Um, Gowanus is one of the one places that you can still see a big sky in New York City. Um, mm -hmm. And that is something that neighbors cherish. I think it also, it feels, it's a close-knit community that feels a little bit off the beaten path and people really treasure that. And so there's definitely a fear that we will turn into the next Williamsburg or Dumbo or other neighborhood that just, you know, redeveloped and sort of was stripped of its character. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people sort of associate density with that. I don't think that's necessarily the way it's got to play out. Play out sure. um, but it takes good design and good engagement with the community and really actually good developers and good landowners to make good decisions. Um, but this zoning framework, you know, so we've got we've got the framework now. We've got about six months before it goes into the city ULERT process. Right. So we've got time to advocate f to make sure that it really has the teeth that we want it to have. And the ULERT process, universal land review procedure, will take probably six more months Correct. at least once it begins. How so much How much of the area are they, are they rezoning? What are they looking to rezone? It's the north end of the canal. So it's about maybe like one mile by a half mile. And this is off of? It's basically uh, Bond Street to, yeah. to 4th Avenue. Bond Street to 4th Avenue. Between Warren and 3rd Street. Okay. And the other end of the canal... How so and that's another issue is that the so the south end of the canal is an industrial business zone so it's protected and it will not turn residential, but um, there are a lot of property owners in the industrial zone that really want to be able to go a little bit higher so that they can you know build their businesses and invest so in their is that the area property. where uh, the path mark is and the yep. and the that was just bought by Molentis yes mm -hmm. who likes to develop last I checked likes to develop uh, residential yeah I mean yeah. I would call the uh, mega development over at Domino, the Domino campus, um, a residential development full of towers. <laughs> Maybe to be built towers, but they're going up fast. Yeah. So but that's, that's, that's all going to be, 
Interesting. The, the thing that you pointed out was having having buildings manage their own sewage. That's something I haven't I hadn't heard mm-hmm. before. How, oh yeah, there's so many ways. Now I remember like going to school when I was a kid. Like there, there seemed to be like a sewage treatment plant right outside my school. Mm-hmm. You know, like is that is that is that what you're talking about? Something like that, or um, it depends. There's a lot of different technologies you can use. You can actually have a living system where there's a garden that manages your sewage. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, hold it in ways and then more have just more storage capacity on site. Um, so then you're not adding to the overflow when it happens. Um, there's a lot of different technologies that can be used, and I think we're really looking to the city to provide incentives to landowners. So they actually build with those technologies. Can come up because the problem with the sewage system in the city is, is, as we mentioned briefly in passing, is what happens is once it rains outside, uh, the the water that goes into the uh, catch basins at the end of the road in the gutter gets mixed with the water that goes into uh, that comes out of your toilet, right? And that water ends up being just jettisoned into the uh, into the bay and into the canal. Because there's no way to manage all that water at once. When it's a beautiful sunny day, as it is today, I would say most of the water, most of the raw sewage gets managed. Most of the the other water, does the other water just get put into the into the the water system, or does it all go into? I mean, so right now, most of the water that's in the system is from sewage, from sinks, from anything that you you know, from factories, et cetera. That's all going straight to the wastewater treatment plant. During rain, stormwater is added to that mass, and mm-hmm. it's the pipe system is not large enough to handle it. Can't do it. And so, and I mean, there are a couple. There are other upstream options in addition to buildings managing their sewage. There's also an enormous mo- opportunity to manage more stormwater right. to really make more permeable spaces throughout our watersheds. So, the Gowanus watershed, though you know there may be a lot of development right around the canal, the watershed actually stretches all the way up to Prospect Park and mm-hmm. into um, Prospect Heights. So folks there, their raw sewage is flowing into the canal during a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. And making that connection and figuring out how those folks can manage stormwater on their properties is another huge part of the issue. And that's why the city's giving out barrels everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of rain barrels being rolled out from you know Park Slope down to s- southern Brooklyn. I know um, there are many councilmen behind that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as part of the cleanup, in order to mitigate you know this this stormwater they're installing two massive cisterns but mm-hmm. well those you know you hear about how big they are and you know the whole process to put them in you know are will those barely make a dent or will those be you know will those really help or it sounds like this is a much they, bigger thing than 12 million gallon the 12 million gallons is going to help a lot. It's going to cut that. So currently, I'll get really nerdy here if we're cool with that. Sure. Um, <laughs> currently, we have about 370 million gallons of combined sewage overflow going in every year. After the retention tanks, we'll have about 115. Okay. And so that's going to bring us down to um, in uh, accordance with Clean Water Act standards, which is why all of this is happening. Um, that said, new development is going to add to that. Got it. Any new development is going to add to the amount of raw sewage in the area because there's going to be more, more people. More, yep. more people producing it. That is crazy. So i got to ask you this. Do you know anything about the, the history of the canal before we get into what might be buried underneath there? Mm-hmm. Can you give us like a breakdown? Because all of us see it as just, you know, basically, I don't, I don't even know. It's called a canal. Usually canals are man-made. I don't, I don't know the whole history of it, how it was put together, how it became what it is, the industry that was there for many, many years and 
I can tell you all about it. All right, just give us, again, but let's do this as like the, you know, like like we're in an elevator and we're going to talk about it for a few minutes, but just give me a quick breakdown of the canal and how it came to be all what right. it is. All Go. right. So it was um, the Gowanus Creek, which was this enormous salt marsh okay. um, ecosystem with tidal creeks flowing through it and freshwater creeks coming down from the hills. There were oysters the size of dinner plates. It was an extremely productive and important node along um, the Eastern Flyway and in the Hudson River Estuary. Um, but the in, settlers called that a swamp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just well, check. actually, the initial settlers, the Dutch, um, Loved that. They saw loved it that real, stuff. as really productive. And yes. they built a bunch of tide mills along the Gowanus that yes. harnessed that power of the tides. And they actually, corn Bill that was Harris grown... Bill telling us about yes, those he was, tide yes, mills. Yeah, so corn that was grown on Long Island we brought to Gowanus and then milled and then you know sent out to the rest of New York City. Um so the Dutch liked it, but the English, not so much. Swamps. Yeah, the English swamps. <laughs> and then there was a Revolutionary War, okay, I've in which that. time the Marylander Regiment died in the Gowanus during the Battle of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think that there, I mean, that's a, it's a fascinating story that I'm not going to go into detail on. Right. but I Not enough time on the elevator. No. <laughs> But I mean, I do think that that sort of like we're stopping at every floor. <laughs> bing, bing. Okay. There's some death associated there. That's not. I mean, death in the swamp is is there's yeah. issues with that. Gotcha. Um, in the 1870s, the the creek was then dredged and channelized into a canal. So there was a lot of fill in the area right around, like in the salt marsh, and then dredging out the channel of the canal itself. Um, that was in the 1870s, really in order to bring industry to the city. And we really say that the canal built Brooklyn. All of the materials to build Brownstone Brooklyn were brought up the canal, many of them actually from the Erie Canal. Hmm. Um, the swing around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. At, at one time, it was one of the busiest um, industrial waterways in America. There was like three barges thick on the canal. So wow. the turning basins, all those little like divots that you see yep. are actually for the barges to be able to turn around because there wasn't room enough in the main channel. That makes sense. All right, so they did that. So they drained the swamp. They drained the swamp. Mm -hmm. They put all those beautiful freshwater creeks into pipes, um, and then they started dumping the raw sewage into it from the wastewater treat from from our toilets. Okay. Um, so by the 1890s, it was disgusting. 20 years after it was built, it was already absolutely filthy. Okay, and that wow. was just based on raw sewage, not so much the industry around raw it. Raw sewage and the industry. And the industry around And it. the industry included uh, manufactured gas plants were the biggest ones, and mm -hmm. that's really the, the primary contaminant in the Superfund, um, but also tanneries and paint factories and, you know, all sorts of whatever, what, all the making that was happening in the city in that day was along the canal. Right. And, all they, and basically they were allowed back then to just dump any waste they had mm -hmm. right into the canal. Yep. And let, you know, let the ocean sort it out. Exactly. Which exactly. it really doesn't do. Now, the canal doesn't... Hasn't done. The canal, obviously, it's it's tidal, right? There's got to uh -huh. be a little in and out, but there's really not much, you know, getting the water inside, like, mixing it up, right. so to speak. I know, yeah. I remember the Flushing Tunnel, exactly. which opened in the late 90s. They turned it on after it had been off for, like, 30 years, and they had reversed it back then. It originally, it pumped water... Was it, it pumped water from the East River? Yes. And now it's pumping to the East River. Exactly. Mm. And uh, then the idea behind that was just to get some oxygen in there, get it, get it moving. Was that the plan? I forget. 
Yeah, yeah. It actually it was the opposite. It okay. used to pump to the East River, and now it pumps to the canal. To get um, some more oxygenated water To get water more oxygenated water in it. Right. However, if you go to the canal these days, you'll see what's colloquially called the Gowanus milkshake effect, yeah. where that oxygenated water is coming in and hitting this enormous pile of poo and sudsing agents that have we've poured down our drains and then mixing it up and creating this foamy substance that's floating along the top uh, of the canal. That's that floaty stuff. Don't yeah. I'm not eating Don't that. drink the milkshakes, yeah. people. <laughs> um, definitely don't drink them. And maybe eat the fish. Uh, you know, we've been we reported a couple of weeks ago one as part of this cleanup, one of the um, efforts the Environmental Protection Agency is leading is is installing new signs about, you know, the dangers of eating fish there, but if you do catch them and have to eat them, you know, the safe no, the safe amount, those haven't popped up yet, have they? Not yet, and the design is now, there's now a new design. Oh, it, wow, it's... they're being <laughs> redesigned. So, Probably because the fish keep changing. Exactly. I don't know, the appearance of the fish. <laughs> All right, so let's get into what what's alive in the canal right so now. So much. Really? Yes, yes, it's amazing how much. There are oysters. We just found clams. There are mussels. There are little crabs. There's a ton of shorebirds that stop and eat all of those things. I had a story a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of years ago now, maybe. I asked Colin Mixon because I heard there was a family of ducks living in the canal. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I said, get down there. That's a story. And they look, they, you know, they look at me like I got 10 heads. That's what they do. They're, you know, they're young kids. They look at me like, I, I said, no, you don't understand. There were never any ducks living. The only thing that lived on the Gowanus Canal was like you know, a, a Chevy Nova. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what lived there. You know, there were, there were no ducks. And now he didn't get that story. No, he didn't well, they're it. still there. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have to send them down we'll again. Interview their All right, so we got, we got ducks, we've got mollusk, mollusks. Yeah, we um, got, uh, and then we got a ton of plants. We got a lot of a really interesting assemblage of sort of feral vegetation that has grown over the past 50 years, especially as industry has sort of moved out. Um, and all of that life, we, oh, we also, we have an incredible microorganism that has evolved in the sludge at the bottom of the canal to eat coal tar. Oh my Whoa. god! It's so happened. It, yes. So it only exists. This is the only place that microorganism exists. So and will they work to keep that alive? No, because <laughs> <laughs> that seems like yes, because of the way. I mean, it's the EPA <laughs> wait, wait, wait. taking on the mandate of cleaning this up. How much coal tar? Wait, first of all, what's coal tar? <laughs> okay. What is coal tar? Coal tar is the byproduct of manufacturing gas. And there's about 10 feet of coal tar at the bottom of the canal. And right how now. did it get there? Um, both from dumping it and also from seeping through the ground. Okay. And it's, it's a byproduct. When they make the gas, it was like it was what was left over. Exactly. There were three manufactured gas plants. They all dumped into the canal. So they dumped the coal tar. So now the coal tar is down there. Mm-hmm. And the only thing eating it is this brand new organism exactly. that lives nowhere else. What is it called? I don't know. The Gowanus coal tar <laughs> eating <laughs> microorganism. Yeah, thing. I think that's exactly what it's called. Something like that, right? And now has Colus this been Gowanus. has this been in like popular? Su- wait, what are the, no? It's got to be in some kind of magazine where they where they make announcements of National new, Geographic. National, was, yeah, was yeah. There was a bunch of news about it a couple of years ago, and then kind of everyone forgot about it. Um, and I mean, the scientists were trying to get the EPA to think about it, using it for part of the remediation, but. The community really wants the canal clean, right? Um, and this microorganism would take a while. 
to use in that. Well, they're microorganisms. Yeah. They're exactly. very small. <laughs> exactly. They're tiny. Doesn't overeat that colas guanis. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if 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 uh, when when the the daddy microorganism is talking to the son microorganism, he says, "You don't have to eat all that whole thing." I'm sure. Just I just easy. hope they don't. Can have we get to our pay check, please? for both of the Sundays? Can we get our check? So. All right, well, this is very exciting. That so, is fascinating. So we have a brand new microorganism living in the, in the Gowanus Canal. But we're gonna get, we, we are going to make that living organism extinct. Exactly. Because we just want to... Exactly. You know, we wanna so the entire canal is actually, at the end of the EPA's process, going to be basically a sterile box of water with steel sides and a concrete bottom with some gravel on top. And so a big challenge is figuring out how to reintroduce that life and habitat into that box. Wait a second. They're going to cement the bottom. I can't hear myself. Can you turn me up just on my headphones? They're going to cement the bottom of the canal? It's a, it's a multi-layered cap. Because essentially, underneath that, um, the 10 feet of sediment, there's about 100 feet of contaminated native sediment. Okay. So in order to keep that contamination coming up, they need to put down this cap. Okay, so they're going to lay cement at the bottom of the canal. Yes. And then that'll cap it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put some rocks on top of that. And that's going to keep the water from seeping through. And you're going to end up with whatever goes into it at that point. Correct. So we got to make sure that what goes into it is clean. Correct. The cleanest, yeah. Okay. And now, can they hook up one of those filters I got on my pool? Why can't, <laughs> yeah. why can't they do that? Why doesn't that like why doesn't that work? I don't know what kind of filter you have on your pool. It's but a, I think it's a Hayward. <laughs> Right, it's a Hayward. All right, all right. I mean, and it has like a it does it has these little like tentacles the in there, you and you put disometric earth in, uh-huh. and the water runs through the disometric earth. It comes out crystal clear. You got to see my pool. Oh, interesting. Are you pumping raw sewage into your pool? Don't answer well, that. Well, you know, only when the pedonados come. When over. they come over, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you never I know, know. I mean, there's some warm spots. <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt about that. It seems like if the coal-eating organism can't handle it, I don't know if the filter can. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we used to have a sand filter. We had an old sand filter. That was it. It would run it through the sand and come out crystal clear. All right. There are definitely ways. I mean, there's like floating wetlands and other sorts of planted mediums that can help do that filtering. Mm-hmm. And we're looking into some of those, but it's really also about not dumping as much disgusting stuff into we the canal. We got to do that. All right. So we got to get. Down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, what's but yeah. now? Why were you guys? So you guys were down there. Now, is this part of the cleaning process? Is this part of? Just tell us what you did because this was like I'm telling you, it's like Al Capone's vault. They went down there. They had to dig up the bottom of the Guanas Canal. They had to find out what's buried under there, and we all know what's buried under there, Tony. Right? Dead bodies. Yeah, bodies. Dead bodies, bones. There are there's entire dead horses. Animals. There are yeah. what? What else is under there? It's got to be dead. Those Chevy Novas. Chevy no a ship, possibly. Um, um what else? Okay, is we under didn't there? find any of that yet. Well, <laughs> condoms. I'm oh, sure. Okay, I'm just guessing. Just throwing it out there. Okay, so you had to go down now. So, you, so I didn't have to go down. I got to go down. You got to go down, and and our our own Julianne Cuba went down. There was a picture of her on the on the Twitter. Yep, she mm-hmm. went down with goggles on. She was, yeah, she had to. I didn't let her and near me. Yeah, she had to get fully suited up. Uh-huh. I mean, this is toxic. Is this hazmat? Yeah, this is. I no. One step away. <laughs> hazardous. We didn't touch anything. All right. Um, the EPA let the community advisory group, which is the community folks that are sort of the the voice of the community on the Superfund, um, we got to go down and see what sorts of treasures they had 
brought gotten out of now the canal. Why, but why were they digging at this point? Because they're dredging the bottom of the canal. So they're dredging it to... <laughs> they're literally dredging those 10 feet of sediment out of the bottom of the canal. Okay, In so they're taking out... The concrete. This is that exactly. black mayonnaise you talked about. Black mayonnaise. They're taking so that this stuff is, out. And this is actually about a year ago we got to see... Um, because before they could start dredging, there were about 50 objects over 5 feet in diameter just on top of the sediment. Uh-huh. Three boats... Many tires, lots of other scrap metal. So we got to go down and see that once they pulled it out, and then this was sort of the second round of treasures they had unearthed. Okay, and the guys doing this are the EPA. This is the government? It's contractors. Working for the government. Working for National Grid, who is a responsible party. Oh, National Grid's doing it. Exactly. National Grid, which used to be Brooklyn Union Gas. Brooklyn Union Gas, like which used to, to own the, the manufactured gas plant. That's it. Exactly. Those are the ga- and when when National Grid bought, um, they bought it was it was first it was Brooklyn Union Gas, and then it became Citizens something. Gas Plant. There were three different companies on the. Canal. But there was somebody else that owned Brooklyn Union Gas before National Grid. It was somewhere in between. I forget what it was, but whatever they bought. But when they bought it, they knew that this was coming down the pike. Oh, I'm sure. They knew that. Oh, well, we're gonna have to. You know, they had to factor that into the price as far as I'm, as far as I'm concerned. I'm I'm sure, and they just reached a settlement mm-hmm. in what they have to pay for their portion of the cleanup, right? Or is that not all the money they're paying? A hundred million? That is just for building one part of the bulkhead and remediating the park. Okay, mm. so that's a small part of the cleanup. And the park we're talking about is Harold. It's Thomas Green. Oh, park. Thomas Green, where the Double D is. Yes, and there was that was the site of one of the manufactured gas plants. And um, they're digging up the, you know, the holding tanks and the other stuff that's actually underneath the pool right now. All right. So let's get back to this. They're digging up the black mayonnaise, and they're pulling out all sorts of human remains, and what's left over from the mob. I wish we haven't seen anything like that yet. What have have you found? So there was. You remember there were those coal pockets that used to be on the canal, like right across from where Whole Foods is. These big concrete silos? Mm. No. Okay. <laughs> they were pretty cool. They found some equipment from those, um, you know, like a gantry and then like a so, uh, like funnel, metal funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, an how, anchor. How, how old was that? Not that old. Not I that mean, old. it had just been taken down in the past 20 years. Some okay. other stuff, like they found a, a, um, a shovel. A scoop? A scoop. Okay. From like um, a, a... From like a backhoe a ba- kind of thing. Oh, got it. How old was that? I don't know. They couldn't tell us. They found an old tree. That was exciting. That's actually the one I'm most excited about. Here we go. An old tree. tree. And it was completely petrified. It was petrified. Because that's what happens in in that type of uh, sediment. Exactly. You become petrified. I'm afraid just standing on the shore. But when you're buried in there, you're petrified. You're petrified. Yeah. Go. Well, and I mean, the, the... I mean, who knows? We want to cut it open and see, you know, count the rings and yeah. figure out what kind it's of tree it is. the old expression, yeah. But, um, but, I mean, the idea is, like, there, weren't, there haven't been any trees in that neighborhood since it was a salt marsh, and there were little pockets of trees. So this is an old tree that could tell us something about the former ecology Ooh. of the site. So it might be an old tree that dates back to when it was a tidal basin. Yeah, when the Dutch were here drinking Heineken. Yeah. Milling <laughs> 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 corn. All right, so you got a tree. Now, buried uh, <laughs> treasure chests. You found some treasure chests. No treasure chests. No? No. No. Well, no. that's what they were going to use the tree to carve. 
Maybe a canoe. But that's it. This was also the big stuff. They got the small stuff in New Jersey. They're sifting it out there, and they're going to bring it back up so we can see that. So you haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen that yet. That's where the fun's going to be because that's like that's like that's like when they're what do they call that? Yeah, you like sifting for sifting mining sifting. I think it's sifting. I don't think they can see you do this. No, it doesn't matter. We're sifting if anyone. Yeah, if you can see it, you can feel it. We're sifting for. So what do you think they're going to find? They're going to find some old coins. Um, the sifter's like four inches wide, so nothing. <laughs> nothing they, they found some bottles. I'm sure they'll find like some old china, like that kind of stuff. But stuff this was just was... one sort of, I mean, small section that they dredged. Exactly. So yes. who I, knows what else? It is, okay. And it's not where I would have put the bodies if I was going to be dumping bodies somewhere. It's not, okay, I think there are other huge. places that would make more sense for bodies. Did they find any cement shoes? Not yet. Okay. Because that's the old, you know what that is, right? Jimmy knows, right? You know about cement shoes? Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, how deep is the Gowanus Canal? Um, between five and twenty feet. So those twenty five feet parts—that's where you get the, That's where you find the cement shoes. The five foot parts—you wouldn't find cement shoes. No, I mean. Well, and it's also at the dead ends. It's where the streets dead end into the canal. Mm-hmm. That's where I would go to dump a body. And the part that they excavated it was on one of those turning bases. Right. So it was flanked by private property on both sides. So that'd be, it's, that'd be it's a little harder to get to, yeah. you know, the, the bank. So it's really the industries that were there were dumping stuff in, mm-hmm. as opposed to the public. Now, <clears throat> are you guys, you know, there's been a lot in the ongoing discussions of the cleanup about preservation. Are you guys going to preserve anything that's been pulled out so far? Is there talk about saving that for repurposing in future public spaces, or are you waiting for the bodies or, you know, whatever else they might find. I think the community is very interested in keeping some of these artifacts. I think it's important to figure out what the right place is for them. Sure. Um, you know, some a public place where they can really tell the story. Um, I think the old stone house has got a great little museum. We actually um, inherited the Hall of Gowanus, which I don't know if you guys have heard about. It's sort of a, an archive of Gowanus artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um and there's many people in the neighborhood that have an interest and expertise in Gowanus history. But I think it's really about finding sort of a safe and stable place for these things and also figuring out once we know what's coming out of the entire canal, we can understand what's really important and what's really going to tell the story. Right. You've got to see all of it before you mm-hmm. can. Oh, some wheels. They found some wooden wheels that were like for Whoa. a wagon. Wagon wheels. Whoa. Wagon wheels. That's what they're called. Wagon wheels. Yeah. Those are big And those wheels. are petrified in water. And so they're actually being held in water right now because if they took them out of the water, They'll they would apart. explode. They'd oh, explode. Wow. That's scary, but yeah. cool. So did you see them in the tent? You could no, see them those in the are tanks? in New Jersey. Oh, those are in New Jersey. Why is everything? I know, right? <laughs> Keeping the best stuff across the river. I know. It's far. It's a far. We should go to Atlantic Bagel Company and go see <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the, the artifacts. Take a trip out there. Yeah. Why not? See the artifacts, have some we could probably still win the promotion. <laughs> yeah, no one showed up yet. It's far away. It's Monmouth County. I know. It is far. Monmouth is County. Far. You can't. So how long is this going to take? So now the, the cleanup is going on in earnest now, right? There's, there's this no was the pilot. Right. So they were, they're just piloting it in this one turning basin. They will then start dredging at the north end of the canal in 2020. 2020? Yeah. I don't know if I could wait that long time. I think it's going to be here before we know. You know, I got a thing at Costco the other day. Uh, one of those uh, the things of mangoes. In a, oh, yeah. Like in a big glass jar filled with, with cut up mangoes. Wow. And you know what it said on it? 
Did I tell you this story? Eat by 2020? It said, no. It said, you must eat it by February 4th, 2021. And you know what happens on February 4th, 2021? Are they petrified? I become 50. Oh, my oh. God. So that's like, what? Wow. What are they doing? Uh, There's know? a book there. Just you slowly eating those mangoes as you turn, <laughs> as you approach 50. Is that one a day? Um, Maybe a half of one a day. Yeah. See if I can stretch it out. But I think it's when you open it. I think if you open it up, it's not going to make yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think. These are dried mangoes, right? No, they're in, they're in liquid. They're, I think they're petrified. Oh, my goodness. And they are in liquid. If we take them out, they will, they will explode. <laughs> Especially if you eat them after February 2021. Yeah. That's going to be a good time. I'm thinking we're going to party like it. I don't know. One thing that I want to ask Andrea, because <clears throat> it's, you know, I, it's sort of been on my mind. And, you know, sometimes you see you say there's not any difference. But obviously this process was going on prior to the 2016 election. I think everybody knows the Environmental Protection Agency has undergone some changes over the past 18 months. What has it been can you compare working with the agency before and after and your honest thoughts on, Yeah, you know, is this going to even... So the thing about the Superfund is the government doesn't pay for it. The responsible parties for the contamination pay for it. Um, so that's why it's the one program that Pruitt isn't looking to cut. Um, because essentially it's not really, the government doesn't really have, I mean, they have to provide management staff. And we certainly have seen um, that funding be sort of more in jeopardy. Um, mm -hmm, and there's mm -hmm. been a couple, I mean, there's been a couple of news cycles where it's like, oh, no, the CAG facilitation isn't going to be able to happen anymore. That, I, th I, th I feel pretty safe about that. I mm -hmm. actually feel very safe that our Superfund is moving forward. Oh, that's very reassuring. I would say that Newtown Creek... Um, since right. they haven't gotten to the same state that we have, right. they're relying more on EPA to really take the charge. Because we already have the administrative agreement with the responsible parties. They're responsible for cleaning this up. Um, the only would. way that would change is if you know, someone sitting in the White House might say, I don't want my friends who run these big companies to have to foot the bill to clean these places. Possible. <laughs> Which, hey. Anything's possible. And I mean, not so, and originally Kushner had some land on the banks of the canal. So that was another reason we were like, well, this is definitely going to happen. Um, but he sold off. So. He sold that out. Mm -hmm. All right. And how are the, how are the, um, I guess in the past five years, there's some, some condos have gone up along the canal and there are some public walkways along the canal. How is that, uh, how's that doing over there? There are. Um, so there, there are two blocks of, um, of apartment buildings, and they are kind of exactly not what we want. Aha! Mm. <laughs> um, there's no active ground floor, um, so it's just residential. Like you can't. There's no like bodega or coffee shop or light manufacturing or any of the kind of things that really like enliven the streets of Gowanus. Right, right. And then the waterfront itself is not. It's passive, so you can sit in a bench and look across the canal. And then there's a lawn that your dog can pee on. Mm -hmm. um, you can't get down to the water. Um, there's nothing to do on the Esplanade. And that's exactly not what we need. Mm -hmm. So basically, the current zoning for Esplanades is made for a place that's not the Gowanus Canal. It's made for the East River. It's made for a larger water body. 
Um, and it's really made to make the sort of sterile space that feels like a backyard for the development. So that's really why, so Gowans Canal Conservancy is working on a master plan for open space around the canal mm -hmm. that really seeks to change the particular zoning for the waterfront to make it much more site-specific, mm -hmm. much more interesting, much more ecologically and culturally rich, mm -hmm. um, as well as knit it out into the larger neighborhood so that it really feels like a public space network as opposed to these little private installations. Give so it back. You gotta get. You gotta get back down to the water. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, as as a city councilman said at the unveiling of Prospect Park's new weed-eating boat, we're <laughs> seventy to seventy-five percent water. So it's important that we conserve it and get back to it. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing here. It was a very <laughs> weird quote, but I feel like it's appropriate right now. Mm -hmm. It was just as inappropriate at that unveiling, but. And I mean, me. I think the other thing is that, you know, we're living in a time of climate change and um, Superstorm Sandy came up and the entire neighborhood had seven feet of water on it. So a lot of the buildings are now going up. It's important that we don't raise the entire landscape up because we're at the bottom of a watershed. Water is going to flow down the hills into the Gowanus neighborhood no matter what. So keeping the landscape low and spongy and able to manage that stormwater mm -hmm. is a really important strategy. Um, and that... We need to work with landowners, and we need to work with zoning to really mandate and allow and incentivize. Will like concrete, a concrete bed and steel walls, you know, aren't they the opposite of spongy? Yes. So that's a, <laughs> something you'll try. That is to... also an issue. Yeah. So it's about how can we get the bulkhead as low as possible right. so that water can flow over it, and then but nothing falls in over it, right? Because well, depend. I mean, if you have clean runoff going in, if you just have sheet flow on, you know, that's maybe going through a nice little planted swale first, mm -hmm. um, it's clean, it's going into the water, it's just like a freshwater creek that used to flow into the canal. It's about sort of reinterpreting and reintroducing that hydrology because it's it. under us. It's it's what defines it's us. It, yeah. Um, and we can recreate it. Wow. It sounds like a brand new Gowanus. <laughs> By 2021. No, um, no, not even. I don't see that happening. But it's exciting. I mean, 2030, actually. It's more like. 20, uh, the day I buy uh, a thing of mangoes at, uh, at Costco <laughs> and it says eat before 2031, then we're in big trouble. <laughs> Let's just hope the canal is clean by then. Yeah. Yes. Maybe not fully realized as you know a public park, but that would be wonderful, but at least clean. Because um, otherwise... Yeah, I don't want to think about what we'll be talking about on this radio show at that point. Yeah. Well, I'd definitely like to go kayaking one day. You got to. Season's you open have now. To. It's wonderful. You could just do it. You just got it. The dredgers have a boathouse in one of the new condos. Oh, they do? so they yeah. do put one in a new uh -huh, condo. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, Saturdays. Go on down. And it's it's, awesome. it's free, right? It's free. Yeah. How's it's it smell? Fantastic. It smells. Um, especially at low tide, but it's more the cold tar. And then if you go after a rainstorm, it smells like poop. That's good to know. Keep that Bring in mind. Bring your nose plugs. Yeah, keep that in mind next time we uh, we head down. Like a, like a, I a have a really pit. bad sense of smell, so I think I would be fine. You'd be fine. Just don't fall in. Oh, that, man! Yeah. Don't I'm, fall in. You might be pulling me out 10 years from now. Yeah. Well, I look forward to doing that one day. I think, yeah, we should stage it. Maybe we should do team building. Research trip. Team building. You know, like Brooklyn Paper team building. Yeah. I Can think you do radio on, please? Oh, that would be great. I don't know. I'd have to talk to Jimmy and Johnny and uh, and Bobby and Donnie and all the producers we have. Yeah, our team, our crack team. If anyone can do it, it's that team. Yeah, Jimmy, Johnny, and Jimmy. 
Donnie and Doug and all those guys. Um, I think we've covered it all. Yeah, I was going to throw it. I was going to throw it to Andrea and see if there was anything we hadn't. That's what we like to do. Whenever we have a guest on, Uh at the end, this is it. You have you get the microphone. Anything you want to talk about? Is there something we missed? Is there something you need to bring up? Is there some some happening that you want to mention down down by the canal? all right. Um, I mean, I think the the big one is get involved. There are so many different ways to. This is the time that all this change is happening, and now is the time to make your voice heard, both for our master plan, which is really representing the community's visions for open space, but also with the rezoning framework in terms of, you know, new housing and new uses. Like, what do we actually want this neighborhood to be? And then, if you live in the Guanas watershed, or really if you live anywhere, don't use a lot of water during rainstorms. <laughs> Shut off the faucet. Don't shower. Don't take a shower. Yeah. Don't Step do your laundry. Step outside shower. Exactly. Let's go outside. So that's that's what makes the raw sewage flow into our waterways, and it's really up to all of us to work together. To, to and how can that. people get involved? Is there a website you want we to We have mention? a website, GowanusCanalConservancy.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we've got lots of volunteer events coming up. Um, some We work with education, with uh, middle school groups. Um, look at our website. Get involved. It'll be great to see you. There you go. It's a day on the water. It is. Who doesn't like that? Just go down there, have a great time. Yeah, just Help bring out. your nose plugs. Bring a shovel. We got <laughs> Don't <shovels>. leave <laughs> it in the water, though. Don't leave it in the water. <laughs> Get petrified. All right. Um, are we wrapping up? We're wrapping up? Jimmy's nodding. I know he's nodding, but I don't hear the music. Yeah. Oh, there it is! Technical difficulties, man. Uh, I tell you, there we've it done is. it again. Tony, we've done it again. It feels great to be back. I want to thank my guest, Andrea Parker of the Gowanus Canal Conservancy. I want to thank Tony for doing such a great job. I want to thank uh, Jimmy and Johnny and Bobby and Billy and all of our production team. And we're going to be back next week. Yeah, we're back. With another exciting episode of Brooklyn Paper Radio. Get ready. Take Bye it easy. now. Got to